So today we've got a great episode, and it's going to be very informative. So if you recall, earlier this year we had a we had a really good episode where we were we were talking to Jeff Newman, who's a really prolific tour manager for a lot of bands. Um, currently he's with the Descendants, and in the past he was with Rise Against, uh, Lesson J, Bouncing Souls, Sparta, Tenacious D, a whole whole number of bands, just long prolific career. And so we had a really good conversation talking about safety and how that happens with with the live music industry and different shows and different sizes like clubs all the way up to large stadiums and festivals and great conversation. And so as we've continued through this past year, of course, we've dealt with this ongoing pandemic, the Delta variant, and now we have the new the new variant, the Omicron and then in addition, live music has opened back up, you know, so as of last summer, a lot of the bands started going back on tour and there's been um, different, uh, different changes in the industry, but, but it's been, it's been happening. And uh, then among that, sadly, uh, tragically, in, on November 5th, here in Houston, Texas, they had the World Festival, which is Travis Scott's festival. And sadly, for a number of reasons, which is still being, you know, investigated. So, the disclaimer I'll put on this is this is not intended to be a incident analysis or an investigation on that particular festival. But sadly, at that at that event, they had they had ten fatalities from people that had been um, in a in a crowd crush situation. And so, we've done a lot of a lot of conversations kind of offline and informally among the safety community about large events and large crowds and things of that nature. And so we thought it'd be a good time to check back in with, with Jeff and see what his thoughts are and his perspectives and his experiences on events of this size. So he's dealt with things like Lollapalooza and all the big outdoor festivals in Europe, which is a, a whole culture around that, which America's kind of, kind of just now starting to kind of go down that road with festivals like Coachella and, and uh, Bonnaroo and all that. So we're going to be talking to him about that today and how all those things go and the different types of uh, preparedness and protocols that, that go into those types of festivals. So uh, Jeff, we appreciate you being here. Uh, if you would, if you want to give our listeners just a, just a quick intro um, yourself, you know, where you come from, what you're doing, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Hi, thanks for having me, Corey. Uh, yeah, my name's Jeff Newman. Uh, I have been in the music industry playing in bands since uh, the summer of 1992, but have been touring professionally with bands uh, from 1998 and currently. So it's uh, been quite a while. Um, like Corey said, uh, right now I tour manage the Descendants, um, wear many hats with that band, um, stage manage, monitors, all the backline, tour managing, pretty much uh, a lot of the logistics for the band themselves. Uh, some of the other bands that Corey mentioned that I work for, uh, most of the time I'm just a drum tech Um I don't tour manage all of the all of these bands. I just you know I'm a crew guy, but have been around all this and around many festivals throughout the years, and and kind of have my you know firm grasp of what is you know 
safety precautions and things that, that go on with these festivals of, you know, these ginormous sizes and stuff. But uh, again, thanks for having me, Corey. I'm glad to talk to you. Great. Yeah, we, we appreciate your time. So I figure what we'll start with, you know, of course, there's a lot to unpack with, with, with the music festival. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you certainly have a different um, unique perspective being that you've been involved in the, you know, the, the inner workings. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the, we'll start with the setup, I suppose. So with the setup, um, one of the things I noticed when they were talking about with, with Astro World is that you've got the stage, of course, and you've got, you know, you've got all the, um, all the lighting and the, the, the PA system and the, all the, uh, the sound system and everything, but then they, right. put, they put down flooring. Um, mm -hmm. I was curious about that because you've got a, of course, a, either a concrete or a, you know, natural soil. What's mm -hmm. the purpose of putting the flooring down? I mean, most of the time they're putting the flooring down um, at festivals is because they want to protect the, the ground. Uh, most of the time they're on dirt or, you know, if it's on a, on a field of some sort, they just want to protect the, the, the soil or, you know, the, the environment that they're, you know, you're on. And also, I mean, if it's on concrete and they're doing it over concrete, I'm sure it's to, you know, provide some type of a type of a barrier between, you know, a person that's, you know, being passed around in the pit from, you know, to getting smashed on the concrete. So maybe a, a little bit less damage to, a, you know, a, 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 you know, a cranium or, or bones, <laughs> so to speak. But that's that's usually what that's usually why they're putting down the 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 flooring and also you know when the you know they're putting down you know the sound or when they're putting the sound system stuff or whatever you know this you know it's just an added layer of protection for the ground and, and kind of offer some stability to you know sound equipment or staging or whatnot okay okay that's yeah, interesting that was one thing I, I guess for whatever reason I never thought about that is uh, you know, I've, I've been to a handful of large shows like that and I guess I never realized I wasn't standing on the ground yeah but, um, yeah that was interesting so that definitely with safety you know with when they're putting down a supplemental flooring you know the 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 stability and the level the levelness of it would be important so there's no nothing to trip on correct yeah yeah and did they use that to cover any kind of um, any kind of cables or anything, or are those um, separate? Usually, it's separate for big festivals like like uh, I mean, we're we're basically talking kind of Astro World and then those kind of safety procedures or whatnot. Um, usually, they have like you know they'll use cable ramp to run down the middle of the barricade, like if you see in the the especially with with astroworld there it was such a big event there was so much barricade that like there's a you know a track that runs from the stage to the front of house and that's usually where they'll run all their cabling there and put them under cable ramps or there's an actual like cable trench where they'll drop everything and then metal plates go over the top of it and you know keeps that'll keep and then they'll put the flooring over it also to keep everything you know nice and tight and then 
keep from being a trip hazard for for folks. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that all makes sense, definitely. And again, that's a lot of things that that you know most people that are going to the event to you know to have a good time they wouldn't they wouldn't look for those sort of things. It's interesting. Right. But yeah, as far as the the initial conditions, you know, so they got the got the stage, they got the sound, they got the the flooring, and so then of course there's the there's the you know the real time monitoring. So I think if I, re- if I remember when we talked about this last time, um, did did you had, did you say that um, a lot of the large festivals they'll actually have a meteorologist on site? Yeah, some of some of the festivals, some of the bigger bands carry a meteorologist with them, and it's you know it's the European festivals, a lot of the outdoor festivals, you know where there have been problems with wind and stuff, knocking down stages or video walls and things like that. And, you know, now, you know, Lincoln Park, uh, I believe possibly Green Day, but I know for sure Lincoln Park, when I was, when I was over in Europe, they had a meteorologist with them and, you know, any, any type of hiccup with the weather, you know, we knew about immediately. Um, and, you know, and we get alerted immediately too to be like, hey, you know, storms coming in. Watch this storm, or you know, high winds are coming. You know, make make sure you know they'll they'll clear the stage if high winds are coming. They're just like everybody off the stage, and you know, you're you're kind of at the mercy of when that when that front passes. You know, so could be pretty quick, could be pretty long. It just depends on the actual front coming through. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. There's definitely definitely weather weather protocols. I know we have a lot of those even even with our health department operations. You know, working outside doing doing um, you know pandemic testing or vaccinations. We have lightning and wind and rain, all the different protocols there. So I imagine those are definitely amplified when you're talking about you know fifty to a hundred thousand people. Yeah, and when you're on a you know a giant metal stage, you know with with <laughs> yeah with steel that's flying around, and you know it's yeah it's 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 definitely a dangerous environment to be in if if the wind picks up. You don't you definitely don't want to be on stage, that's for sure. I can imagine. Yeah, do you uh, do you remember? Um, in, I can't remember the year. I think it was 2011, the Indiana State Fair, where the stage collapsed. Yeah, I vaguely, re- I vaguely remember that one. I forgot who was on that, who was on that show where that happened to. But uh, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm not sure who, what, which bands were playing on that one. But yeah, I definitely remember um, that. Yeah. Did, did y'all? Was there any discussion about that in in y'all's community? Uh, I mean, I'm sure at the time there was, I mean, it's been, it's, you know, it's 10 years ago or whatnot now, what, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ago, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm sure there was plenty of, of talk around the campfire about that when it was happening. You know, it's, a, you know, they're happening at, at, I believe it was either Pukle Pop or Pink Pop in, in the Netherlands that I think it was actually possibly during a Foo Fighters set that, you know, same thing happened, like staging fell or video screens fell due to, due to weather. 
Um, you know, one I, I know that another stage collapsed. One of the drum t the drum tech was killed. Um, yeah, it's just you know it's unfortunate that some of these things just come out of the blue and you know you, you know most of the time you think you're pretty safe on stage. Right. Um, but now it's like you get up there. I mean, after after those events happen, because for sure I was out with Rise Against in Europe in 2012. And I definitely remember, you know, meteorologists being around and, and we were at a, at a festival, I think in France, where we were at a festival and, um, you know, they're like, hey, bad weather's coming, clear the stage, you know, the, you know think of an exit route if something happens like where can you know where can you get off stage if something like you know pops up real quick you know so it was definitely you know there was definitely chatter back then about it and what to do and, and you know try to come up with a game plan for yourself to to be safe if if you're caught on the stage you know I mean, the first thing to do is just get off and get as far away from the thing as possible. <laughs> that's that's kind of my right. problem. Yeah. Yeah, find, find shelter. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So as far as the planning, you know, is the you know, you've got the you got the actual event set up, then you got the 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 protocols for things like weather or any kind of adverse event, and then you've got um, you've got the security plan. Mm -hmm. Is there any involvement there between the let's say i guess the, there'd be the event organizers the promoters there'd be the local authorities like the police and fire and then there'd be the the I performers mean, and their crew is there any know, coordination there yeah I, I i'm most certain that there's coordination you know a lot of the times i don't see that you know mm -hmm. especially at these big festivals you know i'm dealing with i'm dealing with one band you know and like i'm not you know, the stage manager, the stage manager and I would have a conversation and be like, Hey, you know, what are we doing? You know, or they would, if they, if they thought that there was something that should be concerning, they would bring it to my attention and we would talk about it and I would relay the message to the guys, you know what I mean? But for the most part, for the most part, my main concern is keeping my guys safe and making sure, you know, the show goes off without a hitch. So you know, mm -hmm. you, unless weather's bad, you really don't hear much about much about that. You know, like there, you know, there are protocols and clubs that are different than than you know, big stadium stuff like that. Obviously, you know, I mean, we have a plan of attack. If you know somebody gets, if if something happens like live shooter or something, you know, there's always an escape route, you know, like we've mapped it out. Like, Hey, if something weird happens, you guys go here, do this, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, uh -huh. it's, di it's just different in every circumstance really, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The reason I was, I was kind of going that direction is, there's been a lot of talk, you know, and of course, it's like anything these days, there's so many different opinions. And a lot of times the opinions are uninformed or, on, um, you know, they just haven't been in that situation. So it's kind of like uh, armchair quarterback kind of thing. So yeah. I know with the Astro world, a lot of the conversations have been, you know, how much involvement did 
Travis Scott's team actually have in the way the event was planned. Um, so that's right. what I was kind of curious about is, is if that's the kind of thing where there's direct involvement, you know, for example, in your case, uh, would, you know, Tim and Zach from Rise Against be talking to the event promoter or would they just be there to play? No, they would be there to play. You know, <laughs> the artist doesn't get, doesn't get hammered with any of those type of details. Now, if it's something important, you know, us tour managers will talk to the band pre show. And so they have kind of a, you know, a general knowledge of what's going on. But for the most part, you know, they're just the performers. They're just, they're there to put on a show uh-huh. and they're not going to pay attention to that. You know, it's, it's the job of the tour manager or the techs, the stage manager, and then all production to like bring things to the band's attention. You know, I mean, you know, obviously, if if something's happening in the crowd, you I mean you've seen it plenty of plenty of shows where the band stops and like, hey, you know, knock it off, blah blah blah, you know. Uh-huh. But these large festivals like that, like this, like Astro World, you know, you can only see so far. You know, you you're you're not you can't see everything that's going on out there or or have kind of any clue. You know, you're then you then you do have to rely on people feeding you information to make those, you know, decisions on what you're doing with your show, you know, like that's, you know, like when I'm, when I'm doing stage, I'm the only one on stage. I'm constantly like, I've got to keep an eye out for, you know, not only, you know, whatever's going on audio wise on stage or anything like that, but I got to, you know, make sure that, the guys are safe too and people aren't running up on stage and doing anything stupid. So, you know, it's like, I feel like you got your work cut out for you a little bit more when you're doing it on a smaller scale than like a big scale, like Astro World. I mean, there should have been plenty of eyes. There's cameras, like people know what's going on. Yeah. With the, um, I'm, I'm interested in that, the, the part you were just speaking about, so, you know, of course, when you're up on the stage, there's there's lights and there's uh, in a big festival, like there's pyros, of course, and, you know, all the different effects going on. And, and right. just the fact that it's nighttime um, in your experience, you know, just looking out from, you know, uh, if you're like off stage left or whatever, how much visibility would you say there is just looking out there? Well, I mean. I think it's different. I, I'm going to say, I think it's different for me because like, you know, I'm in the back. I'm not like right out there on stage where I have a spotlight blinding me. Right. You know right. I mean? A lot of these guys have spots on them to, you know, they'll put spots on all the primaries. So like you can see them and like, you know, I, I don't, I can't really give you an accurate estimate of how far out they can see, you know, Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I can't see very far. You know, I maybe see like 30 feet into the crowd or whatever until like house lights go on. Then I can be like, oh, okay, there's everybody, you know. Um, it could be even less for them. You know, they may be further up front than I am, but, you know, with lights blasting in their face, you know, who who knows how much they can see, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was always interested in that because, you know, of course, you, you know, my my background, of course, my 
the biggest show I've ever played, you know, from behind a drum kit is uh, about 2,000 people. And I remember I couldn't really see the back of the room. So I was always interested in, you know, when you're looking at over 50,000 people and you've got, like you said, you've got these, you know, spotlights right on you, yeah. especially as a headlining performer, you know, a solo artist. Yeah. And, uh, I w- I mean, I'm speculating. Yeah, you know, and a, and a lot of times, you know, like the bands that I play for, they may be playing during the day, you know what I mean? So then you've got kind of 100% visibility of what's going on, you know, and that's, you know, you can shut everything down really quick when, when it's that type of situation. It's just, it's the nighttime shows, you know, there's there's lights, there's, there's you know, smoke, there's all kinds of stuff, like you said, pyro, there, you know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of you know, circus stuff that's going on up there that you have to navigate through. Uh, but, you know, you still kind of have to maintain a sense of awareness of what is happening around you. You know, you can't just get lost up in it and, you know, just go crazy and, and your fans get hurt, you know, like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing there. I'm, I'm curious. So you've got, of course, there's a visibility, you know, but I know that a lot of the artists, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not an audiophile, uh, so I'm not real familiar with the, the tech terms. Um, you could probably yeah. educate me. So, are they wearing in-ear monitors? Yeah, a lot of them wear in-ear monitors. Like for as for instance, my guys, everybody wears in-ears except for Carl. Carl still uses wedges, so. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else is on ears. Even I'm on ears during the the set. You know. I listen to Bill's mix, so I switch between Bill and Milo's mix during the sets. I just trade packs so I can hear what they're hearing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So for yeah. our, for our, if you don't mind, for our audience that's not familiar, can you kind of give a quick breakdown of what an inner monitor is? So basically, an in-ear monitor is basically just like wearing earbuds for like your phone, but they're they're molded to your actual eardrum so they're like in there that's why they're in ears um so you you have pretty much total isolation and a direct you know a direct uh blast of sound right into your eardrums where if you're using the monitor wedges those are down in front of you and you have all the ambient noise and can hear things that are going on around you where in ears, you're only you can only really hear what's coming through the microphones and put into your mix. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah. And for for those that aren't familiar, um, a wedge monitor would be like a like a stereo speaker. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm just sitting down in front of you. You know, put put some guitar through it and vocals and drums, so you can hear. So you can basically hear what's going on besides your instrument. You know, obviously you have your instrument in that mix as well, but it just kind of keeps you in time with everybody else. Cool, cool. So with that, um, in, in your experiences, when the, when the band or the performer has their, their monitors, is there any communication going on there aside from what's happening on stage? Like no. is, there, is it the, um, front of house guy or, or the stage manager talking to them at all? No. So like with Descendants, there's no 
there we don't do a talk back or anything if anybody needs anything they just look at me and you know we've developed our own kind of like kind of a sign language or you know gestures so i know what they want up or what they need now with mm -hmm. rise against we have there's a couple of different options when, when i work for rise against there's we have uh talk backs so like on my work box, I would have a microphone that I can talk directly to all the other techs. So if, for instance, Barnes needs, the drummer needs more kick drum, I just pick up my microphone, turn it on, and tell Charlie, our monitor guy, hey, Barnes needs more kick, and he turns it up. But we also have it to where the band can talk amongst the band and the techs, and they're on, like they have a, Basically, they have a little stomp box and they, you know, if they need to say something or talk to one of us techs, they'll step on it and say, hey, I need this or give me that or make some kind of weird joke or whatever, you know. I mean, the talk back, they, the talk backs, you know, they're, they're for technical reasons, but mainly, you know, a lot of the time they're just to crack jokes during the set, you know, and make everybody laugh, you know, because, you know. They might be putting on a show, but, you know, it's all friends and, you know, cutting it up and cutting it up pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also, I mean, the good thing about the talkback is also if something does happen, our tour manager can go straight to the monitor desk and, you know, get on a microphone and tell everybody what's going on so everybody knows immediately, you know. Yeah, that, that's actually, you read my mind. That's what I was going to ask there is. Yeah. Uh, so if there's a need for urgent communication, so there is a way they can do that? Yes, correct. Yeah, with the talkback mics. Now, if something happened, <clears throat> excuse me, during an ascendance set, the stage manager or whoever would just come and find me, and then I would relay the message to the guys, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's far more of a crude technique with us, you know, than, than some of the other bands that carry a lot of audio and have all the, you know, the bells and whistles, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's one thing I know that uh, a lot of people that have asked me questions they, they were curious if there was any communication between the stage and, and what's happening out in the, in the audience. Um, right. So with the audience, um, of course, I know you've got, uh, and I'll kind of, I'll, I'll slow down my, my vernacular in case anybody listening isn't familiar with the terms, but so you have your, your stage manager and, and correct me if I'm wrong on anything. Um, so the stage manager is the one who's coordinating everything going on and off stage and then you've got the front of house that's the person mixing the sound yep okay yep. and then um then you've got your you got your drum tech that's the person that helps with putting up and taking down the drums and keeping them tuned and everything yeah um so so you got your you got your stage crew you got your stage manager you got your front of house and then of course i'm guessing with the big events you've got you got a security detail is, is there yeah. anybody anybody involved where their their like their task is to just monitor what's happening out in the out in the audience um you know like when i was with tenacious d i i would i would say that you know the security 
security would be, you know, they're, they're there to, to watch the primary, you know, I, I call the, you know, the rock stars, the primaries, you know, the actual players in the band, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's their job to watch the primaries and make sure, you know, nothing weird is happening or somebody's getting on stage or, you know, trying to, you know, do anything during the performance or whatever. So, you know, usually it's security that, that brings that to the attention or you just see them run across the stage and tackle somebody, you know, like, (laughs) you know, so it's usually those guys or, you know, if something is, I'm, I'm, there's always, you know, there's a, a comm system that the front of house and the monitor desks can also talk to each other as well. So, you know, if something's going on out in front of house or on stage, the front of house and monitors can talk to each other during the show, you know? And, um, so if something, something bad was happening out front that we couldn't tell on stage, they could, they could alert us from the front of house position. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of moving parts. Um, I know that's a a lot of people have been curious about that is, you know, if there was anybody who would have been monitoring. So when there was the need for, for several people to, to need medical attention, if there was a way for that message to get back to the performer, uh, or at least the, at least the stage crew. Um, and I, I never knew, the answer to that myself. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard, it's, it's hard for stage crew also, cause they're not down in it. You know, mm-hmm. they're on stage and paying attention to what's going on on stage. So they're not necessarily paying attention to what's going on out in the crowd. You know, like yep. I typically, I typically don't pay attention to the crowd unless it's like, a show that we're not using barricade and people can get up on stage and, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, those shows are very nerve wracking for me because I'm one guy up on stage trying to make sure their monitors are good the whole time. Cause that those any, you know, anything can change at any time. And then you're, then you're got to worry about, you know, guys getting on stage or moving the monitors actually, you know, I've, I've did a show in in uh, Boulder, Colorado, with Descendants, where there was no the guys decided no barricade, which was I you know I always go for barricade because it's just safer. Uh-huh. I mean, this is also you know like 2018 or whatever, so COVID wasn't a thing. So yeah, you know, yeah. I just had a dude in front of the stage in front of Milo that would just kept turning the you know turning the wedge towards him and kept messing with it the whole set and I kept having to go out there and like you know I mean obviously the dude was inebriated so you know he kept doing it and messing with me the whole time and oh yeah yeah I mean but he was doing it on purpose to antagonize me but I I took care of him so you know I just you know I can't physically do anything to him but you know I had I had other patrons at the show take him out so it was good you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. Means to an end. They, they could all tell that the guy was messing with me. So, yeah, I just did the, you know, the old thumb over the throat, like, you know, kill him, and they did. So, <laughs> it was great, you know. So, you know, yeah. 
he stopped eventually. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, at the at the shows and especially you know at the the kind of more tight knit shows, they're you know the the at least in my experience the you know everybody everybody watching the show is kind of looking out for each other and you know right. making sure that the vibe is all good. So I'm sure that that yeah. I'm sure that got handled in a friendly way. It um, did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely. Um, so that so at that point so we talked about the the setup and the the weather the the flooring the uh, communication the visibility the the pyros the lighting um, so then of course you got the layout um, is there is that is that decision made um, based on uh, any performer preferences or is it um, the the venue you know it's it's usually a combination of both. You know, the, the the venue has their idea of how they want to do it. The artist has their idea. You know, this one was so big. I mean, like, the the barricade was just kind of massive. You know, it was like it had sections or whatever, you know. So you're corralled into certain sections. And, you know, I've, I've seen it like that before, you know. I mean, that that the you know the area is so big you don't want to have you know just one barricade in the front and then people can push from the back you have to stagger it out that's why they had it in sections you know to try to actually try to prevent what happened mm-hmm. from happening but that obviously was not the case you know it still happened you know like I I don't yeah. know the I don't really know the particulars and to be quite honest I didn't even know that concert was happening until the next morning when I woke up and was like oh man that that's terrible you know like yeah yeah it's not really it's not really the type of you know groups that I tour with or whatnot but yeah I mean it's it's tragic what happened for sure but it, yeah, you know. It, It'll make it'll make new protocols, you know. It's it's like you know when Dimebag when Dimebag got shot, you know that started a whole different you know set of protocols for security. And then when like you know what was a great white their pyros in a small club burned you know killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Pyros in a small venue, you know what I mean? Like. That was a whole nother thing, you know. Then the then the the shootings in Paris, yeah, at the at the at the Eagles of Death Metal show, you know. I mean, like, I I I I know people who who knew the the merch guy who was who was gunned down during that, you know. So it's a small community of all of us touring folks, you know. So I mean, word travels fast, and, and you know then. When, especially when tragedy strikes, then you know that new protocols come out, and you're you're doing that for until it you know becomes the norm, you know. So yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's it's certainly tragic, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, with safety, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking at it um, the way we manage safety and you know in, in a hospital so to speak or public health and you know so we look at all the different factors and then we see how we can make each of those different things you know increasingly safer while still yeah. 
while still achieving the the objective you know so in this case of course we want you know everybody to have a show and have a good time and you know it all um so you wouldn't want to make it to where it impedes that but at the same time you want to prevent any any negative outcomes so uh you've got the so you got the flooring you got the stage you got the the preparedness um i know there's been a lot of talk with the way they, um, you know, they're, they're very defined uh, protocols for for sporting events as well. And, yeah. Uh, have you ever been involved with any of that, any of the sporting events? No, not no. I haven't been involved with any of the sporting event stuff. I could get. I, I mean, that's a whole other world, and you know, <laughs> talk talk about a lot of protocol for that. I'm sure. Just because of the vast number of people that you have to deal with uh, at a sports level, plus the you know the amount of alcohol that's involved with that too, it just adds another factor of insanity, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been involved with it myself, but I, I was speaking to some people the other day that their primary their primary focus has been to do security plans for large sports events. So it, there's uh-huh. a lot about that is you know what can be learned from that and um yeah definitely i agree you know the it's going to be interesting how the how the the setup is adapted you know so that they can they can break up the crowd so that it doesn't have that kind of mass density but at the same time it doesn't put people into a you know into a into a um into a pin kind of you know where they, they get pushed into there um and the communication, of course, is a big factor between the. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm, I don't want to miss that part. Um, have you ever been in a situation in a, in a event where they have a, a camera crew? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how how does that part work? Is there is there a different um, stage manager for the camera crew and different communication, or is that integrated into the performance? Uh. Well, normally when like there's a camera crew on a festival or, or whatnot, they 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 work with the production for for the festival themselves. So they're on their own kind of communication, just you know doing cuts and things like that. So it doesn't really have anything to do with the the band or their you know they don't have anything really to to do with it. It's just like hey, these guys are filming. And you know, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a couple camera guys around. Like one's usually standing by the riser filming the drummer, and the other ones are, you know, at least one or two uh, up front. You know, usually like a couple floaters, and then somebody on a on a crane cam, or, or you know, or just some like regular cams in the pit. You know, filming up at at, at the uh, performers. But they're all in communication with like a you know a truck that's doing you know like normally it's like a you know recording basically a recording studio inside a you know a truck or something like that that they're all working out mm-hmm. of that's, that's parked somewhere near the stage. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of questions that have have been asked about that as well. With you know there was of course they were. They were live streaming the Astro World for Apple, and um, there's a lot of these uh, social media videos that have come out where it, it's pretty clear in the video that people in the in the audience were 
trying to tell the camera crew that, you know, something's going wrong and the camera crew wasn't sure what to do with that information, you know, because right. I'm curious. Yeah, because they're not in direct communication with a stage manager or anything like that. They're talking to a they're talking to a recording truck, you know, that's just trying to get footage. Mm-hmm. So that's that's usually. I mean, I would assume that that's why that was happening at, at this particular event. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah. and and the last thing I was going to ask there is um. Is, is it a um, is there any any um, involvement? I know we talked about the security plan and the the organization of the event itself. Um, is there any involvement with the um, like the medical plan, the the medic tents and things like that, or is that all third party handled? Uh, it's usually third party, you know, from my experience. You know, the, the med tents are there and they will assist if anything, if anybody, you know, is injured or whatnot. You know, I mean, like they're, they have to have some type of medical on site for things like, you know, for things like this that happen. You know, like, I mean, I was in, I was in Germany and, you know, I did something wrong and kind of blew out my knee and I, you know, walked over to the, you know, hobbled over to the tent and they, you know, fixed me up over there, you know, but I mean, you know, it wasn't self-inflicted or whatever, but, you know, they, you know, they took care of me over there. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's typical. I mean, you see it, kid, kid gets dropped or whatever, gets hurt. They pull him out and then, you know, they take him over to the med tent. And, yep sit them in there and patch them up and do whatever, you know, um, you know, on the warp tour, a lot of the times, a lot of the kids were in the med tent just because they of heat exhaustion and not drinking enough water, you know, they're just dehydrated and pass out, you know, so you just yeah. kind of have to be careful, you know, cautious of your surroundings and what's going on and, you know, just, Drink water, stay hydrated in an outdoor festival. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, it's it. It's hot. That yeah. was that was a lot of talk about that as well. Um, with the Astro World situation, was that you know it was in November and the outside temperature was. Don't don't quote me on this, but it was it, it was not hot. You know, it was about I think about sixty some odd degrees, and uh, there was discussion about how you know the 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 crowd was so dense that even though it was, you know, pretty decent weather, people were, people were dehydrating and getting heat stressed. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a lot, there was a lot of people in that crowd, you know, it, it's pretty unforgiving when you get in, when you get in with that many people. Like I'm, I'm lucky that I'm on the other end of it to where I'm on stage and I don't have to deal with the crowd and stuff like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've done hundreds of festivals over the years in, in Europe where, you know, there's 75, 100,000 people in attendance, you know, and walk through the crowd and stuff like that. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty overwhelming walking around that many people, you know. Like I, I don't like crowds to begin with, so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah, I can I can imagine. I 
The last thing I did like that was um, I went to Lollapalooza in 1996 because it was yeah. the the last Ramones tour. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see them before they stopped playing, and uh, yeah. it was it was about 20,000 people. And yeah. I remember I was uncomfortable with that. You know, I went to the yeah. very far back, and I was probably a good 50 feet behind the last person in the crowd. You know, because yeah. I'm not a big person to begin with, so it scares me to be around that many people. But uh, sure. yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, yeah. The reason I was the reason I was asking is that's another thing. There's there's been a lot of people curious about is um, there's this there's this kind of um, perception that that a lot of people get where you know it's 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 well advertised that you know it's 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 travis scott's astro world festival you know and so a lot of people were kind of looking at that as though he's um overseeing you know all the moving parts you know the medic tent and the the the, the setup and the flooring and the lighting and and then of course there's other people who are saying no no he, he's a performer he, he shows up and he does his set you know, other people are handling all of that. So it's interesting to hear your uh, your experiences about how all that's delegated out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's 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 a it's a different world for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, my my this is my, I'm kind of similar to you, where you were saying, you know, you you weren't aware the the show was happening. Um, I actually work just a couple blocks. Well, I don't, I, I work mobile, but my, my main facility is a couple blocks behind the NRG park. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was leaving there at about 7 PM on that night on November 5th. And I drove by and I remember looking and I went, wow, there's, you know, a lot of traffic. I couldn't figure out why, why Kirby was closed off. And, then uh, I finally kind of realized that there was an event happening. And so I saw that it was Astroworld and, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty square myself. I, I didn't, I don't know any Travis Scott songs. So I went ahead and got home and I downloaded a couple of his songs off the iTunes just to hear what 50,000 people were going to hear. And, um, you know, then I, I started getting notices from emergency management a little bit later and, um, yeah. it really heartbreaking, you know, to see people wanting to go there and have a good time. And it, it just went wrong like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to um, you know, just to reiterate what we were talking about earlier is uh, you know, this conversation, of course, is not intended to be a an incident analysis or or any kind of sure. investigation. We're just, <laughs> just we're just talking about about right. experiences, but um, we sure sure appreciate your time. Um, is there anything you'd like to like to add in before we before we finish up tonight? Uh, no, just uh, be mindful of your surroundings when you go to these events and, you know, always have, you know, just, I guess, make your own exit strategy in case things start getting squirrely, you know, just be aware. That's that's the main thing is just, you know, keep your eyes open and, you know, stay hydrated and, you know, just, just be aware, really. That's all you can do, uh, you know. It, if you're not comfortable, then get out of that situation. You know, don't don't stay in it just because you want to see some music. You know, you can always hear the music, but you know, you just need to stay safe. That's that's it.
All right. Well, we sure appreciate Jeff's knowledge and experience. And um, while it may not be something that we deal with on a professional level like he does, these are definitely things that, you know, we want to take into consideration if we're going to an event or if our our children or friends are going to an event. So um, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check out our podcast. We're now on Apple Podcast, so you can find us with a simple search for ASSP HealthBeat, and you can also find us on Spotify. But otherwise, we're on our Anchor page, which is anchor.fm slash ASSP dash HCPS dash HealthBeat. And then you can also find our information on the ASSP communities and LinkedIn and Twitter. So if there's anything you'd like to see, any resources, topics, anything in particular, feel free to let us know. We always welcome feedback. And then you can also find us on our upcoming webinars and open call, which is coming up um, on March 4th. And then we have a webinar on February 25th and a webinar on March 11th, which are going to cover empathy on the 25th of February and then diversity, equity, and inclusion on March 11th. So with all that being said, uh, we appreciate everybody being here today and we'll talk to everybody real soon.